0: Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Probiotics play an essential role in digestion and can help us maintain a healthy gut. But emerging research is suggesting that probiotics can also help combat an array of conditions, including irritable bowel syndrome, food intolerances, autoimmune disease, Alzheimer's disease, and even cancer. Last week, the American Society of Microbiology published a study sharing how probiotics may help influence the severity of COVID 19 19 and the body's ability to combat the disease we have with us george pariskovakis executive director of the international probiotics association he will be sharing the latest research and help us break through some of the confusion when it comes to choosing the best probiotic food sources and supplements don't go anywhere it all starts now it's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is the executive director of the International Probiotics Association. In addition, he's also an advisory council member for the Center for Digestive Health at Rutgers University, Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine and Health Sciences and Alliance for the Education of Probiotics. He's developed international outreach programs for regulatory agencies and education platforms for healthcare providers and consumers. In addition, he's hosted numerous international probiotics conferences, published extensive probiotic papers and articles, and is a sought-after expert by healthcare practitioners wanting to further their knowledge on probiotics. Welcome to the show, George Pereskovakis. Thank you for having me, Dr. Friedman. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you with us. You know, over the years, I've had experts briefly touch on the topic of probiotics, but I've always wanted to do an entire segment with the right person to help us share the truths and shatter the myths on the topic, and you are that person, so welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) That's great. First, share with us, when it comes to the emerging science, what can you tell us about probiotics and their health benefits? So the
1: emerging... I mean, we, we looked at it as the association uh, likes to touch on everything that is probiotic. We and, and I had people telling me, what's the science behind it? Um, two years ago, we initiated a, a funded research. So the IPA published a paper a few months back showing that there were over 1,600 clinical trials in, in humans. And the indications were far-reaching. We saw over 700 different indications. Um, the classical ones that you know kind of resonate the most with the consumers and the doctors are G i health and immune support, but we started to see other areas such as the gut brain axis, which is you know related to mood conditions there 's even some dare I say drug work happening in that field with probiotics and they 're starting to look at disease conditions like you know de- autism and depression and and even parkinson 's i 've seen some conferences around that. Um, in other areas, metabolic syndrome type support—they help, you know, with cardiovascular. They help with c- uh, controlling cholesterol um, by certain mechanisms of action. There's science around the allergy um, and and whether it's you know skin and dermatitis. Uh, science around women's health, specifically and oral health. Um, so these are all the merging areas, um, and we just looked at two very well-known databases amongst the many that are available around the world with public uh, trials that have been registered and published there.
0: Wow, great. Let me ask you, does it matter if you get your probiotics from food source or do people need to take a supplement?
1: So this question I get all the time. You know, I have the people say, no, no, food is better rather than ingesting pills. I think both fresh foods and supplements are great sources of probiotics. Uh, fresh foods, you know, such as, let's say, fruits, vegetables, you know, they all contain organisms on them or in them. Even at the next level of fresh food, let's say fermented foods, I mean, they use bacteria to actually convert them into what they are. So a cabbage into a sauerkraut, a cucumber into, a, um, you know, into a pickle. So fermented foods are also great uh, sources of, of good bacteria. Uh, but, you know, you have modern day practices such as pasteurization and overcleaning and then too much antibiotic usage. So these are, these things can actually reduce the good microorganism. So, um, you know, moreover, there is no science that might back fermented food. So when choosing a food as a source of probiotic, always look to those which have, you know, added or have been fortified with probiotic bacteria. And then... In both cases, whether you take the food route or the supplement route, look to the label. Make sure, you know, your label indicates, fo- we, we published, um, you know, a guideline around this. So make sure the label indicates the strain of bacteria or strains, the dose of bacteria needed, the quantities in colony forming units or CFUs, and that's how bacteria are reported, an expiry dating to make sure that those quantities are there at the expiry dating, and of course, how to store your product because they are live organisms. So whatever route you take, I think, you know, both both are good sources just to make sure that the probiotic organisms, you know, are within the products.
0: Yeah. What about strains? There's so many different ones. It can get very confusing, you know, when the people can't pronounce them, but is there anything they should look for? Is there ones that are better than others?
1: So, if I can actually delve into a little bit how to identify that, right? So, if I can make a comparison, sure. and I like to do this, so, so the strain, the, the the kingdom of bacteria works kind of like, you know, you have a genus, you have a uh, species, and then you have a strain. So, the gene, if I can equate that back to say an automobile, right? Take um, the the genus would be the family would be, you know, say lactobacillus. That, let's say you'd look at uh, any type of automobile, let's say a, a Ford. So that's your family of, 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 you know, bacteria. Then what is the species? A species relates to a model. So uh, let's say lactobacillus is your genus or your family. You know, then you have your species, which is kind of the model of the car. So it would be, let's say, a Ford and a Mustang or a lactobacillus acidophilus. You know, there's many producers of species, Um, But then to make it specific to the person or the company that's producing that specific species, you have a strain number. So the strain is some alphanumeric code that the producer adds to that species of bacteria they're producing. So if, you know, you want to compare it back to an automobile, you're looking for a Ford Mustang, and then what do you want? You want a five liter, you want a convertible, you want a fastback, you want a two door. So that's the real Um, comparison that I can try and simplify it to make it easy for, you know, your your audience to kind of understand that. And then the strain has to be, if you're looking for a specific benefit, make sure there's science backing the strain or strains of the product tied to it, you know, and that's the same thing I can say for dose. So if you're looking for something specific like um, mood or IBS or, you know, antibiotic, associated diarrhea or these types of things make sure that the product has a science to back that you know right. specific benefit yeah.
0: that makes sense talk to us about the cfu number we see on probiotic supplements you briefly mentioned that but they can vary i've seen 10 million to 50 billion yes. share with us what are these numbers <laughs> what do they mean does the higher the number mean the better the supplement mm.
1: Yeah, I've seen this. I've even seen up to a trillion of bacteria. Wow. That's a a lot. I've seen that in in finished product shows. And I mean, it's daunting as a number, but also bear in mind as humans, we have trillions of bacteria in us and on us. Just our gut alone could contain up to four pounds of bacteria, three to four pounds of bacteria. So, you know, little, little microorganisms that we can't even see a trillion doesn't relate. To that much in terms of right. weight. But coming back to your CFU question m- is more better. I get that all the time. Um, not necessarily. Um, again, I will revert back to exactly what I said before. Make sure that the CFU matches the benefit you're looking for in the science that it has been researched on it strain specificity needs to be tied and CFU specificity needs to be tied to science if you're looking for specific benefits on the other side or flip coin to that so you can have like just to finish that thought you can have a, a product which is studied at 1 billion or 10 billion or 50 billion or even 100 million if there's science to tie tied to that dose then you go with it if you're looking on the flip side if you're looking for a more general, if you're looking for a more general probiotic, um, there's a lot of probiotics out there which have, you know, uh, general gut health properties or general uh, GI uh, support or immune support. And these, you have a lot of research in the public domain that is published to that.
0: Great. Share with us the difference between probiotics that require being refrigerated and those that can be stored at room temperature. Is one better than the other? So. In today's
1: day and age, because we have so much, you know, research and innovation around the field, in the past we used to have probiotics that were, you know, necessitated refrigeration. I'm talking maybe 10, 15 years ago. Today, because there's so much uh, research and innovation, probiotics are formulated in a way and blended in with certain ingredients. Um, and carriers, it could be other, you know, vitamins and minerals, or it can even be prebiotics and other sources of ingredients. So they become shelf stable. So you can have a probiotic that requires refrigeration, or you can have a probiotic that is, you know, good to be on the shelf. Um, they're microorganisms. They're live, um, even though they're in a kind of freeze-dried state and kind of sleeping. When they hit the right conditions and temperatures, they wake up, they start to activate, they start to move around. And with anything live, there's also an expiry dating. Uh, Think of milk, right? Milk has an expiry dating. You can't leave it out forever or leave it even in your fridge. I always recommend to people, you know what, even though there are products and that that the label will tell you if they're good to be on the shelf, that's fine with the specific conditions. But I always tell people, just put it in your fridge all the time. It just prolongs the life of the bacteria. And at the same time, when you open your fridge to get a glass of milk, you'll see the probiotic right there next to it. So it'll remind you to supplement with one every day.
0: Right. Good advice. Let's dive into the latest research on how probiotics can benefit those combating COVID-19. How is that?
1: So we've seen right now, uh, we had, a, a a guest doctor on one of our webinars who's doing the biggest trial on COVID-19 at Duke university, Dr. Paul Wishmeyer. He's recruiting thousands of people who've actually had, you know, um, um, people in their family who have had that, uh, COVID-19 and that's, that's a big trial. So we're starting to see how the microbiome can affect or can have, um, I, I, I can't, I, I, won't say will help you avoid it, but can, can have an effect to help you support against it or build your immune system to help support you against, you know, what's going on with the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because so many experts are leading to gut health as being immunity. So it would make sense if you have a stronger gut, you're going to combat anything that comes at you, even COVID-19. So I think, you know, the, the gut health is our, is our really big focus in the future for, uh, immunity. So I think that's a, a really key topic that we're going to see more and more of as, as we progress. What about the best time to consume probiotics? Some experts I've had on the show say empty stomachs best. Some say, no, it's better to mix it with food. What is there a preferred time that you recommend?
1: This is good too, because, uh, um... You know, I always say revert back to the labels, see what the bottle says, but a lot of our scientific experts have also said, listen, when you eat food, your pH um, levels, you know, the stomach is acidic when it's empty, they, it starts to work on breaking down whatever goes into your stomach, the pH level goes up, less acidity. So it's it's a window of opportunity to ingest your probiotic after you've eaten something. And then this will allow the bacteria to get to the site of action, which is your gut. Once it hits the gut, that's when it starts to actually really spring into action and work. So that's, you know, there's different opinions on that. I would say revert always back to what the bottle recommends. But, you know, some scientific experts say it's good after food as well.
0: After food, yeah. What about these probiotic companies that I've seen them market to, to, to females, males, children, certain age groups? Are there really any specific probiotics that are better depending on a person's age or sex? I wouldn't say
1: I wouldn't say better, um, but gender have specific needs. Age groups have specific needs. I mean, it depends a lot on um, our our digestive tract is very, very, very uh, unique to all of us. It's like our fingerprint. It's like, you know, our own DNA, you know, the microbiome. It's 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 an ecosystem that shapes itself. As we arrive in this world, and right from the get go depending if your birth mode is natural or c section, and then as you grow through and you become an adult and and you know you go through your life depending on what you put in your body, what you feed yourself, the types of you know the type of life you lead, your stresses, the types of jobs all of these things shape and evolve our microbiome. Um, people don't know this, but after middle age, once you get into, you know, more the senior years, you lose a, a very important, you know, uh, genus of bacteria called bifidobacterium. And this is shown in the studies and the science that it helps in prevention. So so it becomes very important to actually take probiotics that are formulated for that, that specific either age group or gender. Because, like I said, the needs are very different in both.
0: Yeah, a question I I got asked that I wanted to bring up to you. A patient asked me, is it possible to take too many probiotics? Can we go overboard?
1: Mm, I would say from the get-go, no. There are no known adverse effects to taking probiotics. The the science has shown that probiotics um, are well tolerated and and no adverse events have been reported in, in healthy individuals. If you might happen to take a higher dose, or if you happen to take, you know, you introduce bugs into your gut that are not, you know, aren't used to arrive, uh, to not used to being there, you might get a mild case of bloating or gas. I say to people, be patient. These, these are mild symptoms that usually subside within a few days. Um, the analogy I like to give is basically, you know, during and this is at a time when we used to be able to go shopping at malls, you arrive at a, a mall and try to park your car during Christmas time. Everybody's fighting for a position, right? In the right. parking lot. It's the same thing. When you introduce diverse bacteria and different bacteria into your gut, it's just the bacteria or that gets introduced. It The gut isn't very used to it. So it's just a question of, you know, finding a spot within your own GI. There's a little bit of, you know, pull and pro and, challenges but like I said the mild symptoms that people experience whether it's gas or bloating usually go away
0: got it makes sense I know the word anti means against and the word biotic means life so by definition the word antibiotic means against life and one of the living things that it destroys is our gut microbiome which of course probiotics can help rejuvenate so my question is you know it's been said that people shouldn't take probiotics with their antibiotic because that'll counteract the medication. Is that true or can people take probiotics while also taking their antibiotic?
1: I wouldn't say counter the medication. I'd say it would be the opposite. An antibiotic, think about it, is there to count. To, we take antibiotics when we have infections. We go to a doctor, they write us a script because something's wrong, something's not right, there's an infection, so we need the antibiotic to fight the bad bacteria causing the infection. But Antibiotics aren't specifically targeting any type of bacteria. You know, they just go and wipe out bacteria per se. So if you're taking a probiotic right right at the same time as a probiotic, I'm talking almost at the same time right after an antibiotic, you're going to wipe out the benefits. A lot of people have been, you know, or doctors who do say take a probiotic with this prescription of antibiotic, we at the association have seen through the science, it'd be good to take it in between, let's say, two doses or a course of, antibi- uh, of antibiotics. So if you have to take a dose every six hours, I'd say halfway in between, you know, take some probiotics to help um, counter some of the bad effects of antibiotics. And we know there are quite a few, um, you know, side effects of antibiotics.
0: Yeah, True. What about yeah? Uh, what we hear a lot about prebiotics. That's been getting big now. What are they share with this, and how are they different from probiotics?
1: Um, prebiotics aren't uh, a live. Um, you know, they they aren't live. Uh, they're, they're uh, I would say, an undigestible carbohydrate. They come in forms of fiber. There's no you know per se definition like a probiotic has a formal definition endorsed by the WHO, the World Health Organization. Prebiotics do not have that. Um, Prebiotics have been touted to help probiotics, um, you know, help them grow and proliferate in the gut. So a lot of, we're seeing a lot of products hitting the shelf with prebiotics in the probiotic formulation. But at the same time, I can also say to you, if you ingest, you know, natural and healthy foods like fruits and vegetables, those are also deemed as prebiotic, which could also help proliferate the good bacteria in your gut as well.
0: Got it. Make makes sense. Is a probiotic supplement something that we should take every day for the rest of our life? I had somebody ask if uh, it's good to go off of it for a while and then get your body, you know, back to being itself, and then homeostasis, and add it more. Is it something that should be daily till we die? I I I probo- personally
1: say yes. You ha- you should supplement on a daily basis because your immune system. If you think about it. Takes time to become, you know, strong. It doesn't happen. It's not something that happens overnight. So, because of how we live our lives and what we eat, um, you know, the immune system gets disrupted, the GI gets disrupted, which then by default will affect our immune support. So, I say you can supplement daily. They are safe. They are, you know, proven to be safe with a long history of use. And what they all they can do is help. You know, support a healthy GI, which will help shape a healthy immune response.
0: Got it. So, def- definitely daily thumbs up for you. And uh, last week, I was at, I was at the the uh, gro- um, health food store. I saw someone bring up. I saw probiotics that was actually quote vegan approved. What makes a probiotic vegan, and are they just as effective as those that are not?
1: Okay, so so this is a tricky question. So a vegan or anything vegan you know, has to be no animal derivatives from the get-go, from the beginning, from the raw material, all the way through the production process to a finished product. There are third-party associations which can definitely certify vegans based, you know, on these criteria. And I would say in this case, you know, um, the buyers need to do their homework to make sure that the third-party, you know, associations that have certified vegan, you know, the products are truly... uh, actually, certified vegan
0: right, that makes sense. what about I, I cur- uh, fda doesn 't regulate dietary supplements, but is the same hold true for, for probiotics so
1: um, we, we that's not a true statement there's many uh, i would say misconceptions or even published articles around that saying that probiotics are not reg- regulated. Um, it is not true. In the U.S., there is legislation and oversight which regulate, you know, probiotics and probiotic supplements. Um, CFR 111 is, a reg- you know, it's, it regulates the quality of probiotics that go to the market. You have DSHEA, which is the Dietary Supplement Health Education Act, which actually regulates. It's legislation which regulate what you can say about probiotics. And then you have also the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. Um, you can't make wild claims or else you'll have the FTC as well, um, you know, on your back. So there is a lot of oversight and there is regulation on how probiotic supplements can actually go to market, be commercialized and how and what they say. People tend to mix, you know, probiotic supplementation or supplements with pharmaceutical drugs. Um, you know, a drug can kill you, hence the, the legislation requires much more stricter government oversight. So probiotics are not drugs. They have their own regulations and they, are, are, they fall within the supplement realm.
0: Fantastic. Great info. We've covered a lot of stuff today. In the, in the minute we have left, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners that we didn't get to?
1: I, I'd love to, you know, direct people to our website if I can, the internationalprobiotics.org A lot of information there and other articles they can download for their information. And at the same time, we also have all the social media contacts, the Facebook page, the LinkedIn, the Twitter accounts. Uh, So, you know, our mission is to, to, to promote safe and efficacious probiotic products. All the information and articles and even guidelines of what to look for when you're choosing your products, you can all find it at our resource pages
0: fantastic well thanks so much for being here today and sharing this vital information you know Hippocrates the father of western medicine said all disease begins in the gut so if you want to supercharge the health of yours it's time to consider taking Probiotics. To learn more, you can go to internationalprobiotics.org, and while there, be sure and check out all their resources, including articles, research, and the latest health news. And you could sign up for their free newsletter and receive the latest updates sent directly to your inbox. You can follow them on Facebook at internationalprobiotics.org and on Twitter at ip association. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. David Friedman, except on Instagram, I'm at Dr. D Friedman. If you heard something today that would benefit somebody you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.